Hey, this week, it's just me, because Jane was a bit scared to interview her sister-in-law. Uh, it is Jack is the guest today, my sister, Jackie Jacobs. She's a paramedic. She's a success story of health and wellness, and we're going to find out um, all the intricacies of what can go wrong with night shift <laughs> and what can go wrong when you're trying to change things in your diet and your routine and exercise and all of that stuff. Okay, so let's start off. Welcome, Jack. Thanks for being with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, having a fun holiday here in Noosa at, um, you know, our resort here. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good time here, but we don't call it the resort. We call it rehab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when guests come and stay, they do, like mum and dad and they yourself, they do sort of say that it's a bit of a health retreat here because we sort of frown upon any outside, you know, sugary things and there's no bread in the house and that kind of stuff. But you survived. Well, yes, because we s sneak a couple of little cupcakes here and there down at the CAFs. <laughs> yes, you and your Irish lad, Barry, who was brought up on biscuits, tea and potatoes. So we're not, we're not trying to convert him. We'll let, we leave him be. He's healthy enough as it is. It works for him. Um, so first of all, let's get into your um, job. You're a paramedic. You started out as a nurse, so you did night shift there out of university for a while, and now you're a paramedic. Yeah. And you do lots of night shift. Give us a background. I've been doing night shift since I was, well, 21 I started nursing, been doing night shift since then, and I'm almost, uh, almost 40 in a couple of weeks, so quite some time, and then did paramedics, which is two days, two nights, five off. So you're constantly on night shift, constantly fatigued, and you don't really have much chance to recover. So you used to like sport a bit, like we all did nippers growing yeah. up, and you also did a lot of different other sports, mm -hmm. everything from underwater hockey, lacrosse, uh, everything else, um, trying to find your niche um, that didn't, in the end you were decided. I don't think I was trying to find my niche. <laughs> I just wanted to learn every rule in the sp every sport. Like I just wanted to learn the sport and then leave. I didn't have any like desire to be good at it. I just wanted to have a go at everything. Yeah. Just an interest, general interest. Yeah. And, and then limited concentration. Yeah. And then you sort of decided once you sort of hit your later teens, maybe you didn't really like sweating. <laughs> I don't think I liked sweating Earlier. ever really. <laughs> I probably just didn't articulate it that well. <laughs> So you didn't ever, you're never a gym junkie. You never liked running, uh, any of those sort of things. And then you got into nursing and fell into that a bit. And night shifts made it quite stressful um, with the paramedics as well. Night shifts ongoing. And where I was always sort of, um, I said to you one point a few years ago, um, or maybe like before that, I was like, well, Jack, you should probably try and you know, I don't know, look at your, you, you've got all these bit of posture or your knees hurting and things that you just weren't like happy with and you wanted to get more out of your body Yeah. and you weren't sure what to do. So I suggested you go and see Chris Jones, who I interviewed the other week and he had this really holistic approach for you and made it really simple for you to understand what you wanted to do but oh before I suggested Chris Jones the thing was eventually then you got out of night shift you had about a year without night no, shift I had, six months I had two years. two years without night shift and I was like 
well, that's always the excuse you've given me. And I said, well, now you haven't got that excuse of night shift. So go see Chris and just see what no, happens. You, I called you or you called me when I was heading down to visit Ange. And then it was the toughest you'd ever been on me. And you were like, you always use night shift as an excuse. You probably could get um, a bit healthier. And then I rang mum immediately after saying like, did you tell Pete that I'm chubby? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then I like got but to Angie. And then I got to Angie's. I'm like, am I chubby? <laughs> Pete just gave me a talking to. <laughs> but it wasn't. And it worked. Oh, I was a bit chubby. Yeah, well, that. <laughs> but then you went to see Chris. And yeah, well, I called him straight away. And then he called me back, actually. I think I had like the flu or tonsillitis when I saw him. So I looked like a treat. At the best of times when I showed up to him. So he must have been quite shocked, me being your sister. Because I gave him a talking to, like, I am not Pete. I'm not an elite athlete. I never want to run. Don't make that a goal. Like, I'd pretty much, like, put the drew the line in the sand in the first phone call with Chris. Mm. Which was all probably looking back quite a negative phone call. <laughs> <laughs> but he took, he took on the challenge. Well, you know, it's paycheck's a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be shaking his head. I know, that. I know. <laughs> and so what were the things that really clicked with the things that you needed, that you changed that really worked that he suggested you do? Well, I think the, well, I think one of the main motivators is in fairness, like, paying someone to assist you and then you cheating on that, then you're just wasting money. Wasting money. And it's not like I'm on billion dollar income. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do it and pay someone to assist me, I need to take this quite seriously. And in fairness, I was really lucky in starting with Chris. Chris wasn't the first person I've ever met that's healthy. Like I'd already had you on the bandwagon. I had Jamie. I had, you know, our friend Emma, who's a triathlete, Hawaiian Ironman finisher as well, who's my best mate, you know. And so I already had like a huge community and I was almost the last one on the bus compared to like breaking through walls. Like I had so many people to talk to and assist. But yeah, Chris, the easiest thing with Chris was that in that first month I had that food diary. And I wrote everything down that he wanted me to eat. And then I would take it in every time I went to the gym. And for half an hour, he'd be like, well, where did you feel sick? What made you sick? Why did you eat that orange at dinner time? Why aren't you adding more butter and olive oil? And so it was really specific and really specific to me. Yeah. And it helped that he had some information like that clicked with you, with your kind of medical background. He was explaining why you were doing certain things as well. Like you did cut out you cut out dairy for that period as well a couple of weeks was it well because remember um, I'd been sick because I got sick from the Philippines mm. and so I had bad guts already and then I didn't actually think that first month that I was feeling better with Chris oh do you know what it was is when I was some carbs for a bit then you cut that back and just started eating yeah when I was studying and doing my extended care paramedics we were doing exams on each other, like chest examinations, abdominal examinations. And when someone palpated my tummy, like pretending, they couldn't touch it. Like it was so painful and sore. 
And then your phone call. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, and actually, a sore knee. Yeah. And so initially, Chris is like, we can't even do particularly good core exercises because every single muscle is protecting your inflamed organs. Like, we need to fix your diet up mm. and, your, and fix your, like, inflamed tummy even before we start doing, like, stability exercises. So that was kind of the first month of just gently, gently calming my system down. And you'd, you'd tried other things before that, like being on when you were working night shifts. You'd tried light and easy before. Oh, just yeah. Just because, A, you didn't have to cook uh, when you were short on time. Light and easy, in fairness, was quite successful. Mm. And I ordered mac and cheese every night. <laughs> and I was thinking, how long will they let me order mac and cheese every night and eat it? But it, it kind of did make me lose weight. Except the problem was is um, once I got bad guts in the Philippines... That processed food was absolutely like not acceptable to my system. Yeah. So it, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do any of that. And do you think it did help to some degree just because of the calorie counting that it was? Or do you think there was think something like else in it? Just you didn't have to stress about the food you're eating. It made you feel happy about what you're doing or? It was thoughtless. Yeah. Like it was literally thoughtless. Like you got a bag of food and that's what you ate that day. Like there was no brain power at all. And you could feel quite good about yourself while eating it too. It wasn't like any, oh, yeah. any, any worry that you were making a bad choice. Well, you know, and for all... females, like losing weight, you do feel good about yourself. And th it did do that for a time. But no, I don't, th I don't believe with m what you, you've sort of taught me now and what James taught me now, that mac and cheese every night and losing weight is that. It's going to happen for everyone. He's a constant. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sustainable practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. We won't get into all the <laughs> details of how cells are made and stuff, but they're not made of mac and <laughs> processed cheese, that's for sure. It's nor. <laughs> <laughs> and you've, now it's been like a couple of years now. Um, how have you found that you've stuck to these changes? Like what's made you stick to them? Just because of that feedback after meals and... I think I, well, that first month and I, that first month with Chris was really good, but I didn't think that I felt that much better. And then I went on, I went over to visit Dai in Hong Kong for a couple of nights and we just went on a massive drinking bender and dumplings and up till six in the morning and had the time of my life, but got home and I think I rang Jamie crying saying, I can't. I can't talk, I can't sleep, I can't walk, my guts are so sore and I'd gone back to sort of ground zero again and I think that was actually like, and what Chris and I talk about is it's really good to like try things that aren't good for you because you get this like immediate like, oh, shivers, like that actually what I was doing the last month with Chris was like actually making me feel heaps better and I didn't realise how good I felt until I completely ballsed it up yeah. and going to Hong Kong and coming back and then having to start from the bottom again. So it was like. Mm. And that's why it's good to have to work with someone because if you don't have someone asking you like every few weeks or something, like do you still feel X, Y, Z that you filled out and told me about previously or not? Like you yeah, won't yeah. notice things like you that change incrementally. You don't notice things like that. Yeah. And it, yeah. And <laughs> so your cooking habits, obviously now you're not on the pre-order foods. And your cooking habits are pretty good now. Yeah. And your partner, Barry, from yes. Ireland, not the world's best cook. 
No, he's, it's not his strongest point, but the way that you've influenced him. He wasn't good, but now him. he's really good at it. So tell tell everyone listening, like, how do you influence your partner in a gentle but helpful, encouraging way that will get results in terms of they'll help cook? Besides what I think, did you give him an ultimatum? No. You're not moving in unless you have three solid good meals that you can cook. No, Pete, that's what I said to my friends and you, not oh, to him. not to him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. Do I have final editing rights? <laughs> okay, so besides the ultimatum that you didn't tell him about, how did you get him to get those three meals without knowing it was the ultimatum? <laughs> I think you're when you're with someone, you... Um, you copy how people cook, don't you? Like you copy how people cook. And so I was cooking my veggies in butter and I was adding a protein to it. And he kindly eventually did the same way as I would. Yeah. So I don't know. And you serving him like blended cauliflower as mashed potato with butter and he didn't oh, quite. Oh, I did that get once like actually. Things. He didn't get. Um, well, this would actually might get him fired from being an Irishman because I gave him blended cauliflower once and all he said was it was a bit watery. <laughs> but he, he runs well on mashed potato. So we just cook veggies and a protein mm. and then I'll add potato for him to his plate. But you must have had like a gentle, encouraging way about getting him to start helping in the kitchen wasn't it well maybe not so gentle weren't you like how, I think once how I dare said, you you're not allowed to sit on the couch if even if you don't know how to cook you said <laughs> come over here and watch me cook while I do it no so I that said you can learn. I said you can't be comfortable sitting on the couch you need to at least be uncomfortable like me in the kitchen yeah, even and if just you're doing stand nothing, there just stand there near me and just yeah watch. yeah so, but now <laughs> that's a good lesson for people just you have to be like tell people what you want well, I think I think getting with you making I him think a better being... person for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he makes me a better person. <laughs> <laughs> I think though, I think being older and get it and being with someone, you know, in your late thirties, you're a lot more independent and you feel comfortable with yourself and comfortable in what you can say, and you don't try and like bend and mold to be someone else. Like, it's not like, you know, you meet the guy in your thirties and be like, Oh, I love rock climbing. Like, no, yeah. no one loves rock climbing. Yeah. Like you just say it to get the guy. Like in your thirties, you just like, like, I'm not rock climbing. Bugger up. Well, you don't. Some people might go the opposite way, unless that's just what I've seen in movies, how they like totally bend to become someone else to oh, catch the that, guy. Oh, right. what's that with, um, what's, uh, Julia. Roberts. Julia yeah. Roberts. When she makes the eggs and things. Runaway Bride. Okay. I don't know that one. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So it happens in movies, but I'm sure it happens in real life a little bit, but you, that's not you. So that's good. No, no. So, but he's, I have to say he's actually brilliant now. I get, di when I come home a late night shift, I'll have dinner of veggies and sausages or rissoles or salmon with alfoil sitting in the oven, hot plate waiting for me. Yeah. But he gets the same thing. We're probably 50-50 in the cooking, so. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, did you ever find that you were, say, redirecting money? Uh, now you're paying for Chris when you're seeing Chris each week and some of the food that you're buying is maybe better quality food. Well, initially I was buying, when I was single, I was buying like organic 
meat and veggies and things like that. But it's just not sustainable. I don't think buying for like someone that eats more than you, like it's just <laughs> too expensive. And so... You've got to go to the bargain shelf when everything's about to go off and get the yeah, organic yeah, stuff yeah. there. And so then you sort of read about why you have to eat organics. And I think what I learned of one lady was that the organics is when you put herbicides on plants like just say you put a herbicide on tomato then that stops the tomato from growing an immune response and that immune response because it doesn't have to fend off pests is your antioxidants yeah so you get and less so if you, nutrition from so it, you get yeah. nutrition less nutrition off the tomato that you know people used to do in organic food mm. so now i'll just buy like normal food but and i'll put my money still into the good meat good meats from a good butcher yeah. and then the rest I'll eat normal veggies and supplements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because, which is cheaper. Which is good because like the, if you do eat red meats and um, things, then they have high vitamin content in them than veggies anyway. Yeah. Like it's more valuable to put your money into meat, good meats than it is into um, the others. But then again, I live off like half the time I'm living off all the cheap meats anyway, the livers and the, you know, chuck steak and tinned salmon. So it's all wild grass-fed stuff or wild salmon. Um, it is relatively cheap that way for all my proteins, but yeah. not everyone wants to eat as much liver as I do. But it is the most nutritious thing. So you can kind of skip a few veggies if you're eating heaps of liver. <laughs> yeah, but it's quite revolting. <laughs> Even that pate you made. Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Not for everyone. That's all right. Um, so what about exercise outside of the gym? Like, well, let's start with exercise in the gym with Chris. You went well, in Well, exercise he, in the gym. and He took a photo of like you straight on and side on. And like I've seen a before and after of the, the line with your posture and your knees coming in and all of that. And there was incredible changes. So yeah, tell us really how he. I mean, that was probably like a 12 kilo change though as well with weight loss. Yeah. And so it's probably quite significant they're never to be shown a <laughs> <laughs> good strength yeah. activation as well so what's chris you went through chris's things it's stability i don't think i've reached the fourth level of chris level 99 yet i think i'm only on level two still well, after most, two years well i just mean like i'm still stuck on stability it's more about i guess activation rather you're not going there it's not a gym where everyone's trying to pump out it's one-on-one -on -one basically and he's just taking you things that you need to activate certain areas. And that's what got, has gotten yeah. your posture and your knees heaps better. Well, before Chris, like, and things that like, because you don't do much exercise, you don't realize it's a problem. But then I started going to Chris's and I couldn't walk more than a kilometer without my knee and then my hip starting to hurt. And then you fix your stability, which is like, I th I'm going to just ruin Chris's thing, but something about my you know, your glute muscle is overcoming your hip muscle and blah, blah, blah. And then that actually, for some reason, just doing basic stability exercises and constant basic stability exercises allows me to walk as far as I want now yeah. without and you it hurting at all. Coming up in a few weeks, you've got your birthday and yeah. your birthday starts when your 100K charity walk for Med Earth starts. Yeah. And you did that last year as well. Yeah. So what is it? 30 something K a day for three days straight. Yeah. So 33 repeater, I guess. That's a big, big change from not being able to walk without pain to being yeah. able to do 100K in a few days. 
Well, Chris was on me and you were on me and everyone was on to me about trying to find a goal. And I just was so bored with it. And I didn't want to set a goal. I don't want to do a triathlon. Like I was a milo kid and came second. And still to this day, I think it was the greatest prize ever won by a Jacobs, a Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> you got a wooden bowl for winning Hawaii. Yeah. I got a yellow bright Walkman. It was deadly. <laughs> so I don't need to go back to rehashing my yeah. achievements. <laughs> But you did find a goal. I did find a goal. And one that was close to your heart because of the, um, the connection with the equipment that goes over to third world countries. Well, MedEarth is one of the best organisations really I've ever heard of is that it, redistrib- it redistributes hospital items that would rather go to landfill. And they take them back to their warehouse and they give them to more countries in need, developing countries. So, for example, it doesn't sound like much initially that they're just sort of moving beds to one place to another. But what they actually do is if they set up a theatre, just say they've set up a theatre in Malawi of Australian equipment, then Australian specialists know how that equipment is used. So I think once they did that in um, one of the countries... In one year, they had 57 specialists from Australia follow and really make life-changing surgeries, which isn't much. But if you injure your hand in a country that is pretty much farming, then you are useless to your family if you can't farm. So fix doing hands, basic hand surgery that we take for granted is just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And the equipment allows the doctors to be able to do that over there. Yeah. So actually, they've just got um, a million dollars worth from the Manly Hospital that's shutting down. They have a million dollars worth of equipment coming out of Manly Hospital that was just going to get dumped into landfill that they're going to redistribute to. And what countries do they mostly go to? Oh, golly. It's a lot in Asia, is it? They go to Fiji and then quite a few um, African countries like Malawi, Uganda, You've got me. Well, that's a I few. should have looked this up a little well, bit a more. You know the areas, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. You're not in the, you're in the fundraising department. Not yeah, in I'm the, not on the members. I'm not on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and so now your exercise is like, I mean, you've always swum and yeah. you kind of get out and now you're just doing your walk because you're training. You're doing a bit of swimming for exercise and you do a little bit of mountain biking with Barry when he's yeah. not, you know hurt himself from a crash and put his teeth through his lip or something. Uh, I had to throw Still that sensitive. in there. Still know. sensitive. <laughs> and so what else do you, why do you enjoy your exercise these days? Well, I, th- I think having been in the job quite some time as a paramedic, you need to find your mental health things that help you feel good about yourself and, you know, release all your stresses. And my things that are really important to me is just like walking along the beach, um, just doing lap swimming or swimming, you know, to the Shelley to Manly and snorkeling and just doing that incidental exercise that you don't think is much, but is actually really like pure just for an hour or two, just makes you feel good and reboots yourself yeah. to continue working as a paramedic. And basically just think of nothing for an hour. It's like meditation yeah. without having to sit there and actually do nothing. You yeah. just think of nothing and it's really Yeah, beneficial. absolutely. Absolutely. Especially swimming. Yeah. Along the black line or out well, with the fishes is more calming. But yeah. Yeah. Um, with changes in work, now you've gone back to night shift. Um, 
how do you feel that going back to night shift has affected your health or energy levels or circadian rhythms and all of that sort of stuff? Where do you notice it? That was like a five question <laughs> loaded. Just, just where do you notice it? How do you it? know that circadian rhythm, big word? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning lots <laughs> these days. Um, so what was the first question? I'm back on night shift. Yeah. So what well, have like, noticed? What changes being fat? The massive change I noticed. So for the last two years, no bread, no rice, no pasta. Didn't particularly miss it. Especially because when I saw it, I didn't think that's going to make me feel amazing. That's going to be a reward eating a burger. I actually saw it as that's toxic and going to make me feel like crap. So I'm not going to touch it. And so now I'm back on night shift. The weirdest thing ever is that when I'm tired and on night shift, all I want is carbs. Like I crave them. And I know 100% that it will make me, that it's toxic and will make me feel ill. But my brain is just like staring at people eating a sandwich or a pizza and just really wishing it. And then you have one bite and you're like, Bleh. like Because it doesn't taste like It doesn't anymore. taste nice. I don't enjoy it. It hurts my tummy. But there's something down in my caveman makeup so of evolution that just I desire carbs and I don't actually and still don't know how to overcome it. Besides going, I don't know, to a therapist to <laughs> get over, but I, I don't know, but I'm, yeah, I, I don't know what to do. I think I tried, I was talking to you on the way to work and I think one night I tried sweet potato, like baked sweet potato, which I hadn't eaten. I'd kind of cut out root vegetables as well, just for a weight loss and that kind of helped, but yeah. Did you I, try the you broth just still that I suggested? That. Yeah. No, I, I haven't said tried like, that broth. I, I was like, maybe like a really salty well, not even broth, but, you know, broth or a um, chicken stock type thing, but just with some nice herbs and salt. Maybe it'll yeah. just fill you up a bit. Maybe. Just as something else. I'll definitely got to go. I Give made um, sort of like a weird gluten-free, like healthy, like scone with currants. But mm. <laughs> just didn't, didn't taste really. carby enough. <laughs> no. No. But, um, yeah, I am more exhausted. Um, I'm probably not getting to the gym as much and... Um, initially when I was not on night shift, I really started to say yes to everything. Like, yeah, I'll meet you at seven for the, a swim or I'll meet you at the gym at eight, like no worries. And waking up like an hour or two before the gym to get there. And now like I'm setting my alarm to get to the gym at eight and waking up like it's 3am. Mm. So yeah, there's a huge amount of things that at the moment feel a bit insurmountable again. Yeah. I guess it'll just be trying, trying things here and there. To see what works, maybe gets it a bit, maybe make you feel a bit better, maybe. Yeah. But otherwise, it's night shift. I mean, you can't avoid it. It's just bad for you, <laughs> missing a whole night's sleep. It's yeah. not, not naturally it is. good for your health. But, well, if you've got to do it, you've got to do it. Um, I like the talking about being an Ambo. Once there was that time where you were in the back. <laughs> oh this God, is, a, what this are you is gonna like say? a funny family story. Because oh, okay. Tim, my bro our brother, is like a, was one of the world's best ocean paddlers. So, you know, basically marathon ocean paddling. And he was in the local paper like every other week for winning a local race or an international race. And then I was becoming a professional triathlete and starting to do okay um, around the world a bit too. And so Jack happened to get a local triathlete with his father in the back of the ambulance because so his father had been injured. Do you, want to, do you want to take over for the story? Oh, yeah. So I think his dad, he'd fallen into the gutter. And so he had to like, 
he'd cut his legs up, but cut he, both his legs up to a point that they needed surgery. Like he was bleeding a lot and I was quite busy sort of stopping that bleeding and he was in a huge amount of pain and paramedics, what we do is some people think we're, you know, frivolous and joke about everything and black humour, but actually like if you make people laugh and relax, they can't release adrenaline. So it actually stops that like fight or flight moment. So we always try and calm people down, have a chit chat and a joke and maybe like a change of topic about what actually is happening in front of them. So this guy who would have been in his forties or something, he had a triathlon shirt on. And usually if someone's on triathlons, I can do a bit of like a, I can pretend I know something, (laughs) you know, because I eavesdrop on you for the last couple of years. And, um, I said, oh, my little brother does triathlons. Like, um, what race have you done? So changing the subject. And, um, he said something, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, what races have your little brother done? And I thought, oh, this will be a funny one. Like, oh, I said, oh, he's in Moringa Tri. Cause he knew you from, you know, I just mentioned Moringa Tri. I said, oh, you might know him. His name's Pete Jacobs. And he goes, oh my gosh. And Tim Jacobs. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like little Northern beaches, Inchula Peninsula. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm there like lesser known sister. And he looks at me and goes, well, what are you good at? (laughs) And at that time, even though I was talking to him, I still had my like butt up in the air, like working really hard in the back to stop his dad bleeding to death. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, I'm quite good at this. And he was like, full backpedaled, was like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lesser known sibling, but just just quite good at saving lives, though. <laughs> so what else do you do um, to balance out that work-life kind of stress I guess like you've done a lot of travel obviously you're up here this weekend because you work four nights four for two, two days two days four, two, two nights night. and then you get five off yeah so you get long breaks and you Massive do make break. the most of it you do love to travel and have yeah. fun um <laughs> so you sound a little bit bitter there yeah, don't you <laughs> you have a very good balance of um the stress of what can be like a really stressful traumatic job but then you have a really good balance of making the most of your days off and letting go of what's just happened. Like you were always just good at that. Yeah. And obviously a lot of people with regular nine to five jobs that aren't dealing with anywhere near that kind of real life stress. That's just like, oh, so-and-so looked at me funny at the water cooler today. They hold on to Yeah, it. they hold on to stuff. But you obviously, you know, you were just always good at letting stuff go and not caring so much. And as you said, you can just go for a walk and think of nothing. Um, so how, like, you don't even practice any of that mindfulness stuff. It's just natural. <laughs> can you give everyone, like, Naturally non-caring. An insight into how your mind works? <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, I think, well, I mean, it's different because, like, in Monday to Friday job, the job builds up and the job builds up. And if it you don't get ends. that job done, it's actually this rollover of terrible like deadlines and everything like that. Whereas if we see eight patients a day at the end of that hour of dropping that patient off into the emergency department, that's done and dusted. We've handed over care and that's us done. Like we don't actually have to consider them again. 
So we don't have that like pressing emer- that pressing timeline that's that with a deadline. But there's like still that natural just hour by hour compartmentalizing maybe. Oh, we of course we worry about them and we follow up and some things are really sad, but I mean we do ridiculous things like we do sad jobs and we'll have a laugh and a joke and change a subject like within seconds. And I don't really know what makes a person let it go and then not let it go. There's obviously been times when I haven't been able to let it go and I've had to use, um, you know, the employee assistance program and speak to a psychiatrist for a while when I did like a big, two big jobs in a row that were, I didn't realize had, what's the word, stayed with me. And I was getting angry about things when I shouldn't, when I should have been empathetic and sad about it. And I was getting super angry about it but and angry about people, other people's reaction. Two jobs though that did make the media, that did have inquiries ongoing. Yeah. So it was like, you couldn't let it go. As you just couldn't said, it, it wasn't go. a finished job. Yeah. Well, exactly. And like you'd go to spin class and the spin class lady started talking about the job. So even Without when you were knowing trying. That you were involved. Yes. Yeah, so even when you're trying to process it and just do a bit of like exercise, it was always there. So that's really difficult. So the social media does play a big role in our job because you sometimes aren't released because you'll see it just scrolling through things. So you have to stop that. But I don't know. What was the question? You're just good at letting things go. (laughs) (laughs) I already let your question go. Yeah, let it go. I'm over this one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, naturally good maybe. at being in the moment, which I guess links in with just, you can just pack up your bag and like tomorrow go on a trip. There's no, you just don't have those. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm training a paramedic at the moment and we've had this discussion because once you become an intensive care paramedic, we tend to go to the bigger jobs. We tend to go to them more often. And then we also are the senior clinician on scene. So there's a lot more responsibility. And so I guess um, because we do have five days off, I always sort of think if you haven't let it go by your fifth day off, then you need to do the next thing, which is either talk to peer support or the, um, a psychiatrist. Because five days is off is a long time to rest, regroup and, you know, regenerate. So that's probably you've just got to be very mindful of things that that you haven't let go. I mean – I'm still a girl. Like I'll still think about a weird conversation I had with someone in year three and really regret it. Like (laughs) sleeping at night, like, oh, does he still think I'm an idiot? And you're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. But you can let the other stuff go. Yeah. I think because, and maybe this is in everyone's life, in your race, like even if you come like fifth or whatever in our job and even if there's a poor outcome for the patient, we always just think, well, we did our very best at that time and sometimes people just go to heaven and there's things that you can't change and being really aware that, you know, we're not gods. We're just trying to do our best with the equipment I, we have and if that hasn't happened, like Definitely if we've done our very, very best, then they were sort of lucky to have us to do our very best and unfortunately – that's not how the universe works at that time. Just very rational about it. Well, you know, when mum was a nurse and grandma was a nurse, you kind of get taught like being pragmatic from a ear- really early age. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, pretty <laughs> full. Um, and I was going to say, 
around that as well that does it attract a lot of those people like you get along you seem to get along with a lot of people in the ambos do you find that everybody's quite good at that um not good at that but they have that similar mindset where they they aren't anxious people they let things go quickly they can move on they don't dwell on things a lot in their mind like overly more than more than necessary other than what can i learn from that last job that i could I have done so. better do do you find that that there aren't a lot of anxious people in that job yeah i think yeah definitely i think that and i but i think also there's a very fine line that we can all cross where we become jaded as well so you have to be very cautious that you don't become the person that's jaded and uncaring like you can still compartmentalize jobs and let things go but continue to be empathetic and caring to that person at that time but if you start losing that empathy, that's when you're like, oh, I really need an annual leave or a change of career. So it's important. It's very easy to be to become a bit jaded yeah. as well. So you have the to be very sort of mindful of that. And the way that it happens, you mean? And yeah. Just your, your hands are tied a little bit sometimes. Well, just hate. Or just... Sometimes in the job you can, you can start really hating on people when – you know, they're lower educated and they don't know, like they weren't as lucky as us to be middle-class Terry Hills, mum drove us to the beach every afternoon kind of kids. Like who knows what we would have been if we'd grown up in a poorer suburb with domestic violence and, you know, alcohol abuse. You need to be really mindful about actually how rich we were. So people are generally in your job, they're generally quite, generally quite tolerant and empathetic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And they can kind of see the world for the big picture that it is. Is that right? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, it's very general, isn't it, with paramedics? It's in every job. There's still some weirdos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just not the ones you've made friends with. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a few stories with names bleeped out. <laughs> um, okay, change the topic. I've got a, uh, something I'd written down before. Is do you ever go to a cafe and sort of ask yourself the sort of question, am I willing to become someone who is seen as a health conscious person? Because you're very like, you've always been quite anti-health. Like, don't look as if you're trying. Don't look as if you're trying in like your sport. <laughs> don't look as if you're trying in an exam. Don't look <laughs> as if you're trying in anything. Just kind of float along. But So oh, are you worried that... Say what you really yeah, feel. Are you worried... Yeah, whenever you order something sometimes that you're like, oh God, I, I think I look like that healthy person who's being a bit fussy now that you've changed. <laughs> I was actually really conscious of looking like that person and then coming up here to Noosa and watching Jame just like be like, oh yeah, can I just have no bun with my burger? <laughs> and then no one really questioning it. And it's kind so of, it was you did quite, it too. Yeah. yeah, it was quite like revealing that you can ask for those things and it, you don't look like a complete and utter la la. <laughs> Fruit loop. Fruit loop. Which some of them do appear like when they order yeah, yeah, some yeah. weirdo I, thing in a strange way. But. but I have noticed you told me, like, if you go out to a cafe, don't stress about the food, just order the best thing on the menu. You know, so even if you like in the beginnings when you desperately want that burger or hot chips and things, that's not the reward. The burger and the hot chips aren't the reward. The reward is is that you've done your very best. And so you've ordered the salmon and the bloody sautéed veggies, veggies <laughs> which aren't probably aren't as yummy as a risole, but now they are. Yeah, but in a different I just way. hate soggy vegetables. <laughs> 
Especially when you can cook them better at home. Yeah, that's the thing. So when I go out, we've just sat at cafes a couple of times over the last few days. And like, if I don't see something that I'm like, oh yeah, that looks amazing. I really want that and I'll pay for it. Like I'm never starving, I guess, that I'm like, oh, I, I just have to order something, even though I'm going to be disappointed by it or feel average by it later. Yeah. So you, you've been good. You haven't hassled me about not eating when you guys have a snack or a, a I something. got you a little plate of olives yeah, I got a couple my of little, hours yeah, ago. A little plate of olives was <laughs> a good option. That's always there. So yeah, I guess the same. No, I don't, I in my do mind, it. sound like a person to be like, am I a health conscious person? <laughs> But no, I definitely would try and order the best food. And what I have noticed, which is actually the what everyone should know, is that actually no one cares about what everyone else is doing. Everyone's got their own issues yeah. and they're the lead actors in their own play and I'm the lead actor in my little play. And so I think it's the most important, but no one pays attention to what you're doing. Unless you make if a you scene order, of it. And then unless you make annoying. a scene of it. If you're just like, oh, thanks, can I have the salmon and just hold the hot chips or put them on a separate plate for everyone else at the table? No, everyone, everyone just goes about their business. No one says a word. Yeah, that's it. And you so just don't make a scene, and then no one. That's notices the lesson. You. Yeah, just, just order quietly. <laughs> don't be that person. What's that joke? Like, oh, don't worry, don't worry about um, if you don't know if they're vegan or not, they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be that person. Yeah. Just quietly eat. <laughs> quietly eat your salmon and veggies. Yeah. And the same goes though, I think there are those people that are also the reverse. They're like, um, they're really loud when they order the bad food because they are kind of wearing their, their downfalls they're in as a badge of honor sometimes. You know, yeah. some people are always telling you that they're injured. They're always telling you they're sick or they're always telling you that they've ordered bad food. Like they'll make a big thing of it as if it's a badge of honor or oh, I just did this really hard training session. I'm going to order this amazing big thing because I've earned it. Whereas yeah. it's sort of like goes the same way. Like we don't need to hear that you're ordering something really as a treat, you know, but everyone wants to make a story out of something that they're eating often, don't yeah. they? I think you're just saying just don't have the story. Forget the story. Just order what you want and just Just order and tell us about yeah. what else is going yeah. on in your life. <laughs> don't be all about the food. The self, people are self, Australians are self-deprecating. Yeah. Like we're very good at it. Yeah. 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 Because it's tall poppy. You kind of want to sound like you're good without saying that you're good. You know what I mean? You don't want to be seen to be doing well. You want to be What's seen a, to be doing oh, well, gosh, but like as if you're it? really struggling to do well so that they don't try and cut you down. What was that funny thing we were talking about? A humble brag? Like a humble brag. I don't remember saying that. But that sounds like a thing. A humble brag. That sounds funny. I I can't. I'll think of an example. Like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. I'll think of. <laughs> so that'll pretty much, I've covered everything that I wanted to cover. We've chucked in, you know, making fun of Barry a little bit. <laughs> We've... Uh-huh. You'll interview him next and be, um, there's subtitles. Yeah. For... <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got a quite a thick Irish accent. Um, so... We've covered your work and how to cook, how to cook for a partner um, and get them involved and everything else. I think I dodged that question about cooking for a partner. Well, in c- getting him to, in- you just were like, he's not allowed well, to I'm stay I'm not going to give a relationship advice. No, no, not Jeez. that sort of advice. Um, Have you got anything that lastly, let's finish off. Can you recommend 
a good book or something, and then I'll just ask if you've got anything else to add. So a good book or something re kind of like health or motivation or inspiring that you've read. You, you read an a lot. Inspirational quote. Yeah, but I read like crime Fictional. novels, PJ. Well, just give us something. I don't think that I'm going to find something inspirational good. from a crime novel. Well, not even from the book. Let's say. You know, why you read the book, because going to bed at reading a fiction just clears your mind of any other crappy thoughts. It's just like, well, in a way, that's since, a good thing. Well, since I had to use the, I th- well, the best thing that has ever been said to me, but I don't know if this is going to work for everyone, is, is when I had to use and speak to the psychiatrist, there was a lot of things that were causing me um, stresses and stresses, I hate that word as well, but stresses and then I was like I have to do this I have to do that and then actually when people say things like you know we have all these problems that we have to get all this stuff done and hit the psychiatrist what was his name I don't know he just goes do you actually have to do that like is that something that you have to do in your job and I was like uh no I actually don't have to do that and so it was a real like like light bulb moment of these things where you think as an adult, there's all these things you have to do. And I actually don't have to do it. I don't have to watch the news. I don't have to read the newspapers. I don't have to do things that actually cause me upset that won't change the world. Like some days I actually can't talk to family members who are just bawling their eyes out and I can't do it. And I just don't have to do it. I can delegate someone else to do it. Like, why be this everything to everyone? Like, just if something is causing you such problems and stress in your life, you actually, like, genuinely, like, sit on the question is, do you have to do it? And you actually, a lot of the time, don't have to yeah. do if, it if at all. something that's caught, you can already feel that you're getting anxious or stressed yeah, before yeah. you've even done it, then try and avoid doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and my other tip bit, you want to hear that? Yeah is changing the word stress. So what causes you stress, Pete? Give me one. Say a sentence. What causes me stress? Oh, um, staying up really late. Stress causes you to stay. What? Is that? Oh, like it's stress. Like just say you were saying like, oh, my emails are causing me stress. So stress isn't a very good verb Mm -hmm. and you can't action stress. So if you say. Stress are causing um, me anxiety. That my emails are causing oh, me, email, like sorry. I'm yeah. fearful of my emails yeah. or something. You can action being scared of them. Radio. Does that make sense? It makes a bit more sense, yeah. So you can, if you change it to a different word, mm. you can action that mm. a lot easier than just like stress, flippant, I have to deal with it because it's stress. Yeah. But if you change it to like I'm scared of my emails, well, why are you scared of your emails? Well, it's so built up. Well, how can we fix yeah. that? That is, it's easier to action. Yeah. That's a good tip. I could be talking out of my tail. Yeah, no, that's a good tip. Definitely sounds like a good thing. Um, excellent. And Write it down, Pete. I'll, I'm writing it down <laughs> right now, and I'll go look into it right now. That will be everything. Jack, anything else that you would like to add as a final, final tidbit? Yes. I have the funniest thing to ask you is when you won Iron Man 2012, this girl from the surf club said, what the heck, heck happened? He was B-grade Taplin and then he just won Hawaiian Ironman. <laughs> I have a two-part question. How did you go from B-grade Taplin in a relay? And two, what do you have to say to the freshwater selectors? 
My answer is <laughs> that I was only a swimmer in the Taplin team. Who was the A-team swimmer? Oh, older guys that were better swimmers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was only I was in my teens. But the answer is that I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. <laughs> no, so, you're not a jack-of-all-trades. You've got a master of three things, yeah. swimming, well, biking, and running. Enough. We've all seen you play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I swim, bike, and run. So I was an okay swimmer. But in triathlon, I was a... Quite a good swimmer. And then <laughs> ah, I, I learned after did. that Taplin relay, I then was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be like world champion surf Ironman. So I'm going to learn how to ride a bike. And I was always a good runner and you don't run in surf life saving. So uh. it wasn't playing to my strengths is my point. <laughs> that, that's, that's my answer. Uh, thanks. Thanks so much, Jack, for having a chat about all of your life stuff. Thanks for having me in your vegetable garden. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later. I hope you enjoyed. Send in any questions that you've got for Jack. I'll send them. I'll pass them on to her if you want to know more about night shifts and getting your partner into cooking. <laughs> 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 Thanks, everyone. See you later.